This is COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Now, of course, uh, throughout uh, COVID-19, our COVID Connections on Wednesday gives us a little bit of a catch-up on those around the country and how they're handling different situations, be you in the workplace or maybe you're in a vulnerable situation. And joining me again on the phone and joining me some time ago is Sean Moynihan, who's the CEO of Alone, Alone who deal with people who are over 70 years of age and people particularly who are vulnerable. Um, I suppose... Uh, Sean, good afternoon, first of all, to the show. Good well, afternoon. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, the last time we spoke, I suppose it was different times. Now mm-hmm. older people are, well, some of them are back out again, although they have been advised last night to be conscious of that and, and use their own judgment in relation to crowds, etc. So has that made it a bit easier for a loan now that elderly people are maybe getting back out, getting down to done stores, getting a bit of shopping for themselves? Has it made it easier now for you? Yeah, look, I, I suppose what, what happened was that there was a huge explosion of support needs during the cocooning and I'm glad that we haven't gone back into that space because that was very detrimental on people's health. We understand why it happened. We were all just learning at the start. There was a concern about that yesterday afternoon, but thankfully that concern was yeah, allayed. No, exactly. And I think, I think people, some people are relieved about that. I think for us, is, is the people that reached out to us, probably around every fifth phone call turned into somebody who actually needs long-term support because the issue wasn't just COVID-related. The reason they needed to reach out, there was other things going on. So for us, the amount of uh, work and support needed has multiplied. But in some ways, it's a good thing because we found a lot of people who needed help that we may not have reached out. So in, in that respect, uh, there's some positivity. I, 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 I got an email yesterday, Sean, a very disturbing actually email from a, a, a girl. And, and she went through how COVID-19 had affected herself. But she said she was in a shop. I said, an elderly woman, she said, possibly maybe in her 80s, she said, went mm. in and she went to the girl behind the counter and she said she only came in for a chat. And the girl behind the counter turned around yeah. to her and said, do you want to come behind the counter and have a cup of tea with me? And she went off there and got two cups of coffee for them. And this poor old woman ventured down to the shop just to have a chat with the girl behind the counter. She was so lonely. And this, that, I found that really upsetting to hear that older people, particularly maybe in their 80s or 90s, who feel they may be vulnerable to COVID-19 because they've heard, obviously, the stories on the news that older people, many older people had died. They, they find themselves isolated and lonely. And what a dreadful way to spend the last few years of your life. I think it is. Look, I mean, we, we have 3,000 volunteers who visit older people to combat loneliness, provide that uh, relationship, link them into the community, and also to do some practical support. We'll make a couple of hundred thousand phone calls this year. So some of the people that will come to us now with questions and queries. Or we'll just for a chat. Them, we will ring them, literally, for, for that. A couple of hundred thousand phone calls a year where basically we, we, we have banks of people ringing people, checking in. Yes, we'll be checking in on their health and welfare and giving them advice and reassuring them around certain things. But a lot of it is around company. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes when you're making those phone calls, the most important piece of information to know is the name of somebody. A dog. Do you know that type of way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some personal information making that connection. So I, I think, I think we should send out a message that if you know somebody who is conscious of the restrictions and who's old and maybe has underlying conditions, just even give them a ring. For now, put a half an hour aside, give them a ring for a chat. You know, a bit of a catch-up with them. I might send call to the door because they might be concerned about that, but give them, unless they're willing to do that and they're happy enough to do that, but give them a ring even, I suppose, and just uh, chat with absolutely. them. Absolutely. I think what we saw during the sort of cocooning, taking the positive side of it, was what we saw was great social unity. You know, the guards, the, 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 the post, the GAA, the people like ourselves, all the NGOs together, the local authorities, really wrapping around and supporting people. And I think that's, that's, that's the thing for people that need it. I think you're right as well. Somebody said 
said earlier, it's been a hard road for some people to re-emerge from those cocooning and they've really only started rebuilding their day-to-day life and some restrictions like this happen again. And that's very disappointing. And, and how are you handling now? Obviously, you, you've your own difficulties, obviously, getting volunteers, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et so how are you handling now? Because I'm assuming you're still delivering food, still doing a bit of shopping, still, you know, dropping meals out, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So how I are you handling went, that now? We went through a lot of phases. First phase was probably public health information. Then huge waves of loneliness, mental health. The last few weeks have actually been people deconditioned, people having to re-engage with health services, trying to navigate themselves to get things addressed get some house, a lot of housing issues. People Maybe hospital appointments and things like that as well. Yeah. All of these things, transport. You sort of got through the phases of that's where we were. Then a lot of things where people were trying to socially engage again, reach out uh, and that. So it could be interesting. Again, no, none of us have uh, been through this before. So they're the phases that have happened. What will happen with the next phase, we're not quite sure. Well, we're delighted that there's an advisory element of the guidance yesterday. Yeah. Because an awful lot of the older people are the best judges of what keeps them safe. And if, you could, if you could get, I mean, is there any way the general public can help places like Alone and other organisations who help the elderly? Is there anything that we can do or what's the advice you, you would I, give? I think what I'd say to you is, is for family, friends, neighbours, friends, you know, as you say, check in on them. For older people or for family or friends, if they need advice on, on issues they're facing, please reach out to, to ourselves. We work with partner organisations as well. If we can't support you, we'll find somebody who can. Please reach out to ask the questions. If you're an older person and you're struggling, whether it's around loneliness, COVID, housing issues, whatever is happening for you, there are the things there to help. I think for the rest of us, I think we have to try and maintain that solidarity we had a few months ago because, you know, if we all find follow the NEPIT rules, yeah. hopefully we can have a healthy community, a healthy... And, and get back to some level of normality, yes, yes. And yeah. get back to young and old, both can make positive choices yeah. for their lives, and rather than having a situation where maybe older people, some older people are angry because maybe they feel they follow the rules and other categories haven't and not now affecting them. Yeah, there's nothing worse than the us and them situation. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't achieve well, anything. But, I, but, but by the way, how are you, uh, from a point of view... watching where that doesn't work in the, in yeah, the world. No, know? it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's just pitting people against each other. Okay, but how, how are you guys uh, doing from a point of view of funding? I know you will get some state funding. Has that funding been increased, obviously, during this very difficult time for in, you in as fairly, a charity? Around, around 30% of our, our funding is statutory funding from government sources. And ultimately, in fairness, they, they increased it earlier this year. For us, the challenge is getting through this year. As I said, yeah, every round fifth phone call becomes a long-term support. So in responding to people, we're just getting busier and busier. And the challenge is the next, you know, getting through this year and next year and things. So if people are in a position to support us, we'd well, well, we, we would welcome that. Because yeah. ultimately, is, is we want to meet these people, people's needs, not just for COVID, we're also finding a lot of people who are lonely in housing need, all these other needs. Yes, because before there. COVID came along, people there was loneliness and there uh, were people who were isolated anyway. The front door, yeah. People coped in silence. They yeah. suffered in silence. And COVID meant they had to reach out. They needed help. So in some ways, okay. you know, now is the time we can 
get at the more marginalised in our community. All right, but look, if anybody is feeling in that is in that situation, or you know somebody who maybe is over the age of seventy and they need some help, or they need some help working out hospital appointments, or maybe they just need shopping, or they need they need somebody to help them out, uh, you can ring the helpline, and it's zero eight one eight. That's zero eight one eight two 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 zero two four. That's zero eight one eight two 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 zero two four. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Sean, and I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sure we'll talk again. All right, I want to go. I want to go to Mark Fennell, who's a life coach, on how to combat loneliness. Because, Mark, we've just spoke about loneliness. And, you know, loneliness is bad for your health, apart from anything else. I mean, it can, social isolation, there's been studies done on primates and humans and social isolation and how damaging it can be physically to your health as well as mentally. So how do you combat it? Yeah, and listen, thanks for having us on the show, and I'll appreciate it. Love the show. Um, you know, this is the thing, and I think what I found, and you've seen a lot of us, is that loneliness has always been there. But I think with COVID lockdown, a lot of people realized their, you know, they would know their loneliness was ramped up. And then people who never felt alone, now that they're not in the social, the job scene, they realize, oh, God, mm. I'm quite lonely without that job. Because I, yeah, I don't want to put loneliness just down to people who are over 70. You can be no. 25 and be lonely because you're not going to work. You're working from home now and you're not getting the social interaction of your workmates. 100%. Well, here's the thing. And this is a study that was done. And it was a study, a study done in the States. And they found that the loneliest age group in the States, and this is what was going to surprise us all, 26 to 40 year olds wow. are statistically the loneliest age group, which shocks me. I would have thought it's, you know, people retired or whatever. Of course, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 26 to 40 year olds. But this is the most, I think, for me, this is the worst part, Niall, is that the, a study, the same study asked, do you feel, and this is to all age groups, do you feel like you're no longer close to anyone? And 40% of people says, I don't have a connection with anyone. And that's the, the worrying side of things. Even though today, as we know, social media, you would expect everyone is, look, we may have, we connected digitally, but are we really connected? Yeah. Um, and, it's and, and it's not the same, is it, as walking up and giving someone a hug you haven't seen in ages, seeing them on FaceTime just isn't quite the same thing, is it? This it is the thing. And I'm a bit old school. I like to phone people, but even phoning people now, people think it's weird when someone rings you or knocks at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, the other thing as well is during COVID-19, of course, relationship failures would have been quite possible uh, because yeah. people, you know, were kind of stuck together together very much so in their fa- in each other's faces that yeah. put a huge stress on relationships during Big the lockdown. Time. You know, and, and there's, there's two things to note on that. I mean, as far as loneliness, it's not about whether you, you could be, you know, isolated in a home but perfectly happy and not feel lonely. Lonely is down to the person themselves. Because people could be surrounded by lots of people and still feel lonely. It's, a, it's how you are as a person. Do you feel lonely? Because one person might be happy with one best friend and they know they visit them every other week and they're happy. But then another person might be more social and need to speak to people on a regular basis. So it comes down to the person themselves at the same time. Um, one interesting thing, have you ever heard of the blue zones in the world? I thought this was fascinating. No, like, the blue zones. No, I haven't The blue heard. zones, right? Well, basically, they categorized the world. I know it sounds a bit mad. But what they did was they researched the areas where people live the longest. And they categorize where these do areas. People, where do people live the longest, by the way? No, the Himalayas or somewhere like that, probably. This is what you think. You know, you think it, uh, somewhere on the beach, they must live for a very long. But you know what? It was landlocked uh, places. Um, I don't places in Italy. It was pl- all over the world. Literally every continent had a, had a blue zone. But here was the thing. They couldn't find a common diet. They couldn't find all the all eat porridge in the morning. There was no common diet. is probably the, the, the blue zone of Ireland, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it was, right? You know actually what it came out to be? The most common denominator was, and that was, human connection yes and um, because they would sit down prioritize a meal i mean dinner would be two to three hours long prepping the food together talking together no phones at the table stuff like this that's what they found was the biggest common denominator with people who live the longest they have a sense of connection and it's not about 50 million people you know like loads of people it's about quality connection with humans and that's really what we as people crave and when you yeah. have that 
you know, you, you, statistically, you live a bit longer. It turns out you have a less chance of getting dementia when you have someone connected with, you know, as you grow old. So, so that's kind of what... Yeah, somebody that you, that's there to support you as well. I mean, you, yeah. you talked about, obviously, people's, people's social life. Um, mm. COVID-19 would have affected people more so who had maybe poor social skills. Yeah. Uh, you know, people who are not good at getting out and about, who are not good at picking up a phone and ringing up, you know, randomly ringing up a friend to say hello or whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, and also then as well, people who have introverted personalities. I mean, they, I mean, that can be quite difficult for them because, as I said, there was a study, I remember I read, read something about in 1988 of um, socialising isolation of human beings and primates and they talked about not just the mental health problems which I'll come to in a second which has been massive over the last six months but that actually in turn causes physical problems too mental health yeah. problems can, can turn into physical problems very much so and like even down to uh, depression outlook you know self-confidence all that kind of stuff when we're isolated we lose our social skills and again it, it might be no fault of Rome maybe we're kind of a quieter person naturally um, but a lot of these things have a massive negative effect on us long term, but they do affect us. Um, they affect our state of mind. They affect, the hormone balance is affected. And that study you're talking about talks very much about that. Uh, the, the hormonal balance gets affected when you're not around other people. Laughter is a lot less, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, uh, the hormones that are flared up with romance and all the good stuff. You know, a lot of that actually diminishes. And so overall, it affects us physically, not just mentally. And that's very, very true. Um, yeah. very and, I, I, and you talk about the outlook of life. That's the one thing that's really affected me. And thankfully, I still have my schedule where I'm still coming into work every day. Yeah. So like, unlike other people, sadly, who don't get that opportunity. I know. Uh, yeah. But in saying that, the one that does affect me is the outlook on life. And I'm a person who always likes to think forward. So I'm thinking... Okay, in February I'm going to do this. In January I'm going to do this. In June I'm going to be holidays. I'm planning to do this podcast now, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Or whatever. I have a plan. I always have a plan. Yeah. But I find at the moment I have no plans because yeah. I can't plan anything. So that outlook of the future in life is upsetting me and probably a lot of other people too. I look, at, you hit the nail on the head, Niall, and you're exactly right. And this is from people who are used to going, like people who have been through recession and finding this more difficult than recession was. Um, and for the simple fact is. Uh, you know, I, I don't like when people say, oh, just be more positive and, you know, that fluffy. It's hard to be positive at a time like this, work. isn't it? It just doesn't this work, no. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'll tell you why it doesn't work. Um, it was a great book I read. It, it, was, uh, it was actually from a guy who was in the vehicle. He was captured, prisoner of war. And they asked him, who survived and how did you survive and how did you keep your head together going through torture and all this? Do you know what he said? He said, I'll tell you who didn't survive. He, uh, General Jim Stockdale was his name. He said, the optimist. Because they kept putting a date down to do something, and like, or oh, we'll be out by Christmas, or we'll be out by this. And I kind of refer that to where we're at right now with COVID. A lot of us now, September 13th, you know, God love the pub owners and the family businesses that are saying, right, September 13th, there's hope coming. I'm, I'm not optimistic about that, by the way, but however. No, yeah. here am I. Yeah. And this is the worst thing. And then we set ourselves up for disappointment. And that's the problem. You know, we, we feel like we're just. But 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 the the government got a huge responsibility in that by making sure that you know that they give us direction, as I mentioned last night and today. We, we had direction at the start. Look, we were all scared at the start, of course, and we didn't have all the data and the facts and everything else, and we were all scared. And then we got a bit of direction saying, look, flatten the curve. Then we got a bit more direction. Look, we've got phases coming because yeah. we need a direction. Now we have no direction. It's just wake no. up every morning and what's going to happen next? Yeah, and people are finding it now the more difficult than they did three months ago because now they're saying these phases things are getting the goalposts are moving every other and, week. And a lot of it's making no logical sense. So that, oh, that's, wow. that's upsetting people. <laughs> this is the thing. So if you were to ask, you say, well, what can I do? Well, look, 
putting all your eggs in the basket of, oh, the date, there might be hope, there might be something opened or whatever else, I would kind of say to you, listen, it's good to have hope 100%, but don't put it down on that date. That date can shift and you'll be disappointed, most likely, because, look, it's not looking very positive. So be prepared to be disappointed. Is what you're be prepared. To, yeah, and here's what I say to people who are, like, people who are going through depression and so forth. You know, it's not about looking forward six months or even a year. It's looking at tomorrow. It's looking at this week. What we crave as human beings is routine. And we don't like when the routine gets changed. But when we can instigate a routine, that's good for us. You know, it's the work-life balance and all that good stuff. And we all know a routine that works for us. That's the key to, I suppose, having that positive outlook looking forward. It's not date dependent. It's not, okay, I don't know where I'll be in a month or two or three or six. But it's more like, I'm going to implement a routine now. And what can I take control of? You see, at the moment, we and even the government, I'm sure, we're all on the receiving end of COVID-19. It's like, it calls the shots and we have to get in line and jump out high. And that's what's happening. That's and that's a horrible is, mentality yeah. to okay. be in. All right, well, look, if you want more information, have you got a website there, Mark, that you can... I do, of course. People can look Mark for Fennell, MarkFennell.ie, and there's also Instagram as well, but the, 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 uh, the podcast about loneliness and tips to overcome it, it's called This Adult's Life, and that's where they get all the... This Adult's Life, that's a podcast, which I'm, sure, I'm assuming is available in all the usual places, and Spotify and everything else. And, okay, uh, this uh, and, and podcasts, iTunes podcast, markfennel.ie, and he's a life coach, and if you want some advice or good advice on how to step forward and how to look forward uh, and how to prepare to be disappointed, and it's a bonus if you're not. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Mark. Let me go to Rory uh, Hafford, who is a psychotherapist and specialised in treatment of stress, anxiety, and panic. Uh, Rory, this is a busy time because now there's a thing now at the moment, I believe, called re-entry anxiety, which is kind of re-entering some sort of level of normality from what we've had before. Yeah. Hi, Niall. How are you? Nice to talk to you, Rory. You too. You too. I've been listening to this show all my life. Well, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm 10 years old. And now you have me on. <laughs> Niall, you're spot on. You're spot on with, 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 with this thing. I, I think... Judging from the amount of people that I've seen over the past two to three weeks, it's changed from a physical threat, which is understandable, to a philosophical one. Now it's kind of the way you are in the world as a human being is threatened. I mean, if you think about it, one of the first questions people ask you when you're at a party, do you remember when we used to have parties? I do. Is, (laughs) is, Is what do you do? Now, yeah. in essence, what they're really saying is, who are you? Yeah, they want, they want to know about you. They're being inquiring, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it can be a labelling, and it, it can be like almost a superior thing, but it's also a very human thing to know who it is that I'm dealing with. Now, with the way things are in this country, people don't know what the hell they are anymore because they don't know that the job that defined them will be there. I get when, you when they go back so it is very philosophical the way i am in the world like for instance if you're you're talking to a doctor they will almost automatically say hello i'm a doctor and then give you their name because they are so wrapped up in being this thing now that to a greater or lesser extent is what we all have hello Mm -hmm. i'm a psychotherapist hello i'm a radio presenter so Mm -hmm. you're saying something about yourself that is now in a state of chasses as my yeah, because all our jobs are in jeopardy absolutely Uh, absolutely absolutely. okay but but, but rory i want to focus as well on 
the virus itself, right? Yeah. And yeah. many, many years ago, people knew the story of Howard Hughes, the man who used to walk around, put tissues on the floor and stand on them. He became obsessed. He was a germaphobe, okay? Yeah. And yeah. there are many people now through fear. Now, don't get me wrong. There's obviously a, a, a live threat out there in relation to COVID-19. Uh, but let's be clear about it. The threat is very minimal, thankfully, mm. right? Yeah. But, yeah. but in saying that, there are many people who believe this threat is a lot worse than it actually is. And they've turned into germaphobes. And they're afraid to re-enter society for the fear that if they even look at somebody, they might get this deadly disease and die. And, and a lot of that is completely irrational because they might be young people who are quite healthy and probably have no danger of dying whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a rational fear. How yeah. do we change that or turn that around with six months of media, intensive media fear yeah. being put on them? Yeah, but you know, you know better than most people, Niall, that... that if I have a piece of good news or I have a piece of bad news, from a media point of view, I'm going to give you the bad news. Oh, yeah, because, because it's sensational, of course. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And people... Did you well, I, well, mind you, I have stood up and I have a huge issue with the way the media are reporting this, right? And I've said it. I've been very public about it. And I gave an example last week about the hospital in Nace, uh, outbreak in hospital in Nace. It was yeah. one person who was a cleaner who was thankfully fine. Uh, and I believe the media have a responsibility to report this factually and properly and not sensationally. Yeah, but, but if I put a headline on that story, one person in NACE is in a bit of trouble. Mm. You wouldn't read the story. So, but if, if you go, there is an outbreak that affects us all, then, 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 then I have an audience. The thing with the virus is very interesting. I think, I think with respect and humbly, that a lot of people have got this wrong. Nature came up with this virus. Nature selected this virus at this particular time because over the centuries, nature does a little cull. It goes, okay, I'm going to send something in to do this cull. And it's brutal and it is horrible. And for most people, it is unimaginable. And their natural innate fear that they are born with now has something that they can attach it onto. But here's the question. Uh, we've been through one one series of, of don't do anything, don't go out, don't talk to people, don't do this. And we've gone through it, and guess what? The virus is still here. The virus doesn't go away unless you expose to the virus. And then it mutates, and normally it mutates downwards. Look at Spanish flu, for instance, which really should have been called American flu, and that suddenly disappeared. Why? Because we exposed ourselves and the immune system became stronger and the virus miraculously morphed into a lesser threat. Well, hope, well hopefully now, we do. Hopefully we, well, I don't think we would ever be anywhere close to what happened in the Spanish flu. We live in a very no, different, safe, okay. a safer world yeah, now anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, you, you don't, you don't, hopefully, absolutely, but you don't know that. But, but so yeah. how, do, well, how do I reassure when I have a friend who is normally a very logical person, for example, mm. And they're in absolute panic mode. Even yeah. the suggestion to them that somebody might have travelled outside Dublin puts them yeah. in fear of their lives. Of course. So, so how do you reassure that person, yeah. that normally yeah. healthy young individual, you're going to be fine? How do you Absol- reassure them? Ab- absolutely. Well, l- let me answer that question with an illustration. A lot of people who would come to see me do so for panic attack. Now, panic attack is, is anxiety's ugly big brother. But in, in the, way the, the way the mind works, it needs a threat. So if I see a threat, therefore I can, I can get all the defenses up and running. In panic attack, almost inevitably, there is no threat. People just convince themselves that this is threatening. Now, this is exactly the same with the, the COVID virus. People are convinced that they're going to die. My son is a doctor, and he works 
every single day, cheek by jowl with people who have all sorts of infections. Now, if he was to go in to, onto the wards thinking, that's it, today I'm bunched. Yeah, he could. He couldn't function. No, he wouldn't. So be, he, wouldn't he, he would never be in work. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. the crane driver or the, or the guy who goes in and works up the electric cable poles. I mean, there's a good chance they could be killed. When I say a good chance, yeah, yeah. it's a small yeah. chance, really. But yeah, if they well, thought about that, they'd never do their job. Absolutely. So that's it's a very long-winded way of saying yeah. most most psychological problems start with a thought. It's the thought that does the damage. If you think you can, if you think you can't, you're probably right, is an old saying. And okay. it's very accurate. So it means that you are in control. So panic and stress is not caused by something else. It's caused by you. And by the way, just on a final note, if people feel that they're suffering from anxiety, and many people are during COVID-19, what's the best tips you can give them? Is it just breathing exercises? or Yeah, yeah. we see that, that's, that, that's or the Or watch Netflix and yeah. watch something completely different, take your mind off it. What, what's the best thing to do? Do, do? do you know what? That's not the best, that's not the worst advice I've heard in the world. Yeah. Okay? Remove, remove the threat by changing your way that you think about it. Mm. And, and, and sit, sit tight and ride this thing out. Because, right. because it comes, it will also go. All right, well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the air and talking to us. Rory Hafford, a psychotherapist and specialist in treatment of stress and anxiety and panic. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, that is our COVID Connections for today. This is COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.